Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. It is so great to see you this evening. I want you to take your Bible out and turn with me to the book of 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, it is our 22nd sermon in 1 Peter. Tonight we're going to conclude this book. I've titled my thoughts, Watch Out. Let's read verse 8 through 14. Reading out the New Living Translation, Peter writes, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember, remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. Verse 12, I have written and sent this short letter to you with the help of Silas, whom I commend to you as a faithful brother. My purpose in writing is to encourage you and assure you that you are experiencing and what you are experiencing is truly part of God's grace for you. Stand firm in this grace. Your sister church here in Babylon sends you greetings. And so does my son Mark. Greet each other with a kiss of love. Peace be with all of you who are in Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have, Lord, to come to the Word and to study your Word. I pray, God, that you would open our hearts to receive and give us ears that would hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. And Lord, may we be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we study your Word, God, if there is a belief system that we have set up in our heart that is contrary to your word, I pray that your word will tear down that belief system and, God, that will build our life and our convictions upon biblical values and truth. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Tonight, I want to talk, first of all, about Peter's encouragement. Notice what Peter does. He opens this section by saying, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Now, remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering 
you are. Verse 8 in the King James says it this way, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. C.S. Lewis once suggested that the two mistakes Christians make in talking about Satan are that they either joke about him or they ignore him. And he writes, according to this, to this verse, neither of these is an option. In essence, this verse tells us, wake up, pay attention, because we are involved in a spiritual battle and you need to know the enemy and his characteristics. You need to understand that we are in a life and death battle. Notice what Peter tells us. He says, stay alert. Now, I like how the King James, it says, be sober, be vigilant. Now, the New Living Translation seems to combine these two words, sober and vigilant, into one word. And as a result, you may seem to lose some of the emphasis here. In the word sober, it means sobriety of mind. To be mentally self-controlled is the idea. To wake up, to be mentally self-controlled, to be sober in your thoughts concerning the enemy. In the word, be vigilant, is present the idea to be awake or to be watchful. Now, these are military terms. You may ask, well, why, why military terms? Why is, is Peter using terms such as these? The reason is, is because we are in a spiritual battle. And church, we are in a battle at this present moment like never before. The enemy is attacking. The enemy is seeking to divide everyone. And remember this, to divide is to conquer. But listen to what the Apostle Paul writes to the church of Corinth in his second letter, chapter 2, verse 11. He says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We're not ignorant of how the enemy works. So what we are going to do is be like Peter. We're going to stay alert. We're going to be vigilant. In other words, we are determined more than ever to stay awake, to watch. Now, Peter is talking out of personal experience. In the Garden of Gethsemane, what was Peter's charge from Jesus? Go with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, for a moment. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, verse 40, and verse 41. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, Couldn't you watch? with me even one hour? And then Jesus said this, keep watch and pray 
so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Church, we must not be spiritually asleep, for our enemy is raging against us. We must be sober. We must be vigilant. Why? Because we are in a spiritual battle. And the fight is not against your neighbor. Your fight is not against the man across the street or on the other side of the town. Hear me, your battle, your fight is with the devil himself. So Peter says, be vigilant, be aware, be sober-minded. Then he writes this, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. The King James uses the word adversary. The word adversary is the translation of a word used of an opponent in a lawsuit. And the word devil is a word used in the English translation for diabolus, which comes from the word uh, diabolo, which means to throw over or across, to send over. In the classical Greek language, it was used with meanings such as to slander, to accuse, to defame. It was used not only of those who brought false charges against another, but also of those who disseminate the truth concerning a man and to do so maliciously with hostility. And that the devil is in his character and his actions against the saints. The enemy is always as your adversary trying to bring accusation against you in the court of the holy God. A messianic Jewish commentary writes this. The reason believers need to be sober and to be watchful is because they have an adversary. This is the only time in the word adversary is used of Satan. And it pictures Satan as an opponent in a court of law, which he is. Go back to the Old Testament, to the book of Zechariah chapter 3. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 1, we see this picture. It says, then the angel showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. And it says, the accuser, Satan. Notice that, the accuser, Satan, was there. Where was he? <laughs> As the high priest is standing before the angel of the Lord most high, the accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand making accusations against Joshua. So as an adversary, he is the accuser of believers. He's the accuser of you. The diabolical schemes of the enemy is to accuse you, to bring up your past, to tell about your, 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 your disqualifying traits. But hear me, the blood of Jesus qualifies you. The blood of Jesus has washed away your sins. You fast forward to the book of Revelation. You see another picture of the accuser. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. 
It has come at last. Salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters have been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. Notice the business of the enemy to accuse you before God day and night. What must we do? We must be vigilant. We must be watchful. We must be sober-minded because the adversary, the devil, is there to accuse you, to bring you down, and to try to defeat you. But I declare and remind you tonight, greater is he that lives within you than he that is in the world. Now, notice what Peter tells us in verse 8. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Get this picture in your mind. The King James says, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Satan is pictured as a hungry lion. Fierce lion, a roaring lion, emphasizing his fierce nature. The term roaring pictures Satan as being ravishly hungry and intent on capturing prey. Peter further describes him as walking about seeking whom he may devour. And that word seeking is an active present participle. Picturing Satan as continually and persistently searching. And that word devour is pointing to his deadly action. In the Greek, it means to drink down. And it pictures Satan as trying to totally destroy the victim. Hear me, the devil is nothing to play with. The devil is nothing to take lightly. He's trying to annihilate you. He's trying to destroy you. He's trying to drink you down, tear you down. But hear me, you have an advocate, the Lord Jesus Christ. You have a bigger brother who has already paid the price, who has already went before the Father for you. So Peter is saying, this is not a game. This is combat. This is war. And we must treat the devil like the adversary he is. Notice verse 9. Stand firm against him. Against who? Stand firm against the devil. We are to resist the enemy. Turn with me in your Bibles just for a moment to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And here in Ephesians chapter 6, the apostle Paul writes to the church in verse 12 and verse 13. says, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You need to hear that. You're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. It's not against your neighbor. 
this contest, this battle is with. It's with the forces of hell. Principalities and powers. Verse 13 says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. Now notice this. So you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. I'm here to remind you tonight that when the battle's over, guess what? You're still going to be standing firm. <laughs> that roaring lion is going to be defeated. That roaring lion is going to be put down. And when the battle is over, guess what? The children of the Most High are going to still be standing. What we must do today is be careful, be vigilant, watch out, and we must resist the enemy knowing that we are going to stand and overcome. Can somebody give God praise right there where you are? Now notice what Peter says. Peter says, be strong in your faith. Verse 9, be strong in your faith. The King James says, whom resists steadfast in the faith. The Greek word for steadfast means to stand firm like a rock. And believers must stand firm in the faith in order to resist the enemy. There's a whole lot of stuff going on in our society. There's a whole lot of stuff going on in our nation. There's a whole lot of stuff going on in our world. And if we're not careful, we'll think our, our battle is with flesh and blood I'm here to remind you, believer, your battle is with principalities and powers and wickedness in high places. It's with your adversary, the devil. You must learn to stand firm, stand strong like a rock against him. And how do you do this? You resist him in faith, by your faith. Faith is the sphere of victory. The work of Jesus on the cross was the means by which he defeated Satan. And the believer must have faith in the work of Jesus that Jesus accomplished on the cross when he defeated the devil. And we must understand that in him is the faith by which Satan is resisted. Sometimes there's nothing more powerful than just simply saying, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I resist you, Satan. I resist you, adversary. I resist you, accuser of the brethren. In the name of Jesus, I have the victory. James writes this, in his epistle, James says in chapter 4, verse 7, humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We have a responsibility to resist. We have a responsibility to humble ourselves under God, under his authority, under his biblical word, his teachings, the truth. 
humble ourselves underneath God, resist the enemy, and guess what? Your adversary has to flee. Your adversary has to go. He's defeated. Did you hear me? Your adversary is defeated. Peter reminds us by saying, you're not alone. Now, Peter is writing. He's writing this epistle to believers in the early church, first century believers undergoing great persecution, undergoing great trials, undergoing great hardships. He reminds them they are not alone. He says, remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. You know, there is something comforting about the knowledge that other people are facing some of the same type things you are facing. There's something comforting knowing that you're a part of a family that is walking through similar trials. That you're not going through this by yourself. You're not going through this alone. Not only do you have the presence of God, not only do you have the Holy Spirit living in you, but you have the body of Christ who is experiencing similar things. And guess what? Together, we are going to win. Together, we are going to conquer. Together, we are going to overcome. There's something about the fact of knowing you're not alone. Look at verse 10. He says, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. Because of God's kindness, you've been saved. Because of God's kindness, you've been redeemed. We're saved by God's grace. We're saved by God's favor. We're saved because of God's kindness, because of God's goodness. And we're saved through Jesus Christ by means of Christ Jesus. Now notice what Peter says, after you suffer a little while, Notice what God will do. After you suffer a little while, he will restore you, support, strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. Child of God, hold on. Saint, hold on. Don't give up. Don't stop too soon. Why? Because God is about to restore you. <laughs> God's about to refresh you. The King James uses the word perfect. It also means to restore. The word in the original means to prepare, to complete, to restore. It means to make ready or suitable or equip in advance for a particular Purpose. So get this in your mind. The suffering, the trouble in this present moment is actually restoring you and not killing you. God is making you ready for your next assignment, for your next 
purpose. So why should we resist the enemy? Why should we be sober and watchful? Because God is working in you. God's preparing you for something greater. God's preparing you for that next season. God's preparing you for a greater purpose. So hear me. God is going to establish you. God is going to refresh you. God's going to restore you. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't throw in the towel. But surrender to the work of God in your life because the Lord is working all things for good in your life. Notice what he says. The New Living Translations uses the word supports. And the Greek word means to establish. It means to strengthen in the sense of to make more firm, to support, to make more firm. See, the enemy thought he's going to destroy you. The enemy thought he's going to take you out. But what he didn't count on was the Holy Spirit working everything out for your favor. And what's happening is God is firming some things up in your life. He's bringing some support in your life. Notice what the New Living Translation says. It uses the word strengthen. It means to cause to become more stronger. See, the enemy's attacking you because he's trying to weaken you. But what he doesn't realize is every time he attacks you, you only get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. That's the promise of God. That's the purpose of God. You hold on, saying, you keep believing. You keep watching and praying. You keep resisting the devil. That trial's not going to take you out. That accusation he's brought against you isn't going to take you down. He's tried it before, and it did not succeed. Hear me. God is going to cause you to get stronger and stronger. There's a greater anointing that's coming your way. And then Peter says he'll place you on a firm foundation. He'll settle you as on a firm foundation. A strong foundation causes the structure to stand the test, the storm. <laughs> See, your adversary, the devil, he's been defeated. He's just not smart enough to know He's already been defeated. So he keeps bringing accusations against you. He keeps attacking you. But as you take this message and you're sober-minded, you're alert, you're watchful, you're full of faith, you're resisting the enemy, what the enemy thought was going to take you out is only preparing you for the next season. And Peter says, all power to God. Finally, the next few moments, let's look at Peter's final words. It says, I've written this short letter to you with the help of Silas, whom I commend to you as a faithful brother. My purpose in writing is to encourage you and assure you that what you are experiencing is truly part of God's grace for you. Stand firm in this grace. In my last few remaining moments, I want you to notice what Peter says. He brings our attention to a man named Silas. 
He says, a most dependable brother. Now, most theologians agree this Silas was the same Silas who traveled with the Apostle Paul. He's the same Silas who was with the Apostle Paul in Philippi. He was arrested with Paul. When Paul was beaten, so was Silas beaten. Remember, he was placed in chains with him. However, Silas also saw the power of God with Paul. Let me give you an important note. When you're willing to walk with another, even through painful situations, even through unjust circumstances, guess what? You might just see the power of God manifested in and through the relationship. Can I challenge you? Let's be willing to walk with others when it comes to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. As I was studying this, I noticed something about the early church leaders. The apostles worked as a team with other leaders. They were always being a part of a team. I want to challenge you. Quit living your life on an island. Find some people you can team up with. Find some people with same vision, same calling. Find some people anointed of God and say, I want to be a part of that church. I want to be a part of that team. Be one who builds teams and empowers others. Something I noticed here that really spoke to me is Peter commended Silas to them. Notice verse 12. Whom I commend to you as a faithful brother. I noticed something. And it became a challenge to me personally. Silas lived his life in such a way that he was commendable by those he served alongside of. What a great challenge for each of us. Live in such a way that those you serve alongside with will be willing to commend you to others. In closing, Peter, Peter gives his purpose for writing his first epistle. My purpose in writing is to encourage you and assure you that what you are experiencing is truly part of God's grace for you. So stand firm in this grace. Peter says, my purpose in this epistle is to encourage you to affirm that this is God's path. I imagine for many of these first century Christians, as they've forsaken everything to follow Christ, they're thrown into the midst of persecution, they're thrown into the midst of fiery trials. No doubt many were questioning, is this really what God has called me to do? Is this really what this life of following Jesus is about? I can imagine how encouraging the closing of this letter were to them. Possibly some were struggling, wondering, is this really the right path that I've been walking down? And to hear the words of the apostles say, I'm here to encourage you and to affirm this is God's path. Suffering is the way to glory. 
that it's through trial, it's through opposition, that the enemy's trying to destroy you, but God is using it to build you. Stay faithful. You're on the right path. You're on the right journey. God's grace has brought you here. Now stand firm in this grace. Glad tidings, I challenge you. Stand firm in this grace. Oh, we're walking through some fiery trials. We're walking through some opposition. We're walking through an attack. Our adversary, the enemy, the devil, as a roaring lion, he is hungry. He is seeking those he may devour. He's trying to destroy us. But hear me, God is refreshing us. God is perfecting us. God is establishing us. God is doing his good work. So this is the right path. Stand firm. Did you hear me? Stand firm in the grace wherewith God has called you. Right there where you are, as GT worship leads us, will you spend a moment in worshiping the Father with us?